welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. Now, my word to those of you watching online, this is not a time to be picking up the house, cleaning dishes, you know, washing the dog, giving the dog a shampoo, or playing with the kids. I'm serious. This is a time you need to hone in. The things that will come forth in the next few minutes will help you greatly. Things from the Lord that you cannot get any other way but from the Lord. I have that much faith in our church and the anointing on my life to know that you're going to get some life-saving, life-changing things today. So you don't want to be multitasking right now. Well, I can do this and that and all this. No, you can't. you got to watch out about your attention being divided. The enemy will try to get you to do a bunch of good things to miss the best thing. Yeah, I said good things. He's not just out to get you into evil. He wants you so busy, you're not absorbent for the powerful things the Lord has for you. So we encourage you to put down what you're doing, hone in for the next half hour. You will love what God's going to say to you in these few minutes. So let's go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 9. And we're going to continue what we've been talking about. This is a revelation the Lord's given to Faith Heights Church. And this is something He's telling us right now. And I know a lot of times you're not going to feel like this is it. But who said feelings were our Lord anyway? I mean, if you look deeper than your feelings, you'll see a lot of times the Lord wants you to do things you don't feel like are important at all, but they're vital. So in Matthew chapter 9, Father, as we read these scriptures and go into the rest of this service, we come into agreement that you'd help us to hear exactly what we need to hear today. Bring it forth, Lord. Help us to hear and to understand what thus saith the Lord to each one of us here and now. And we thank you for it and for the wonderful results. In Jesus' name, amen. So in Matthew chapter 9, and let's look here in verse 1 and 2. It says, As Jesus entered into a ship, he passed over and came to his own city. And behold, behold what? This is talking about looking deeply into. Check this out. Who's saying behold, first of all? Well, God is. By the Holy Spirit through Matthew. What's he saying to behold? So, so, so to me it wouldn't be surprising at all right now if you're totally distracted from what I'm about to say. Because there's opposing forces that want you immediately distracted from behold what? I mean, this is, this is basically slow down, think, check this out because it's super duper important. Behold what? And a lot of people, they'll read this, and they'll read the whole course here, because a paralyzed man got healed. And they're thinking, the only thing we need to behold here is, behold, a paralyzed man got healed. Wow, no, what led up to it? Oh, come on, this is something for the New Testament church age, all of us. We, the, the church is more powerful than we've been believing. I wish we had as much faith in the church that Jesus has in the church. He said the gates of hell have no chance against the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We need to believe that about our church. The Bible says, God says the church, the local church, is the body of Christ. What does that mean? It means we're Jesus in the earth. I mean, think about this. 
And so he's saying, behold what? Behold, they brought. God's telling us to behold, they brought. Our part in people getting free. If we're the body of Christ, then we are. We should be bringing people to church like they brought people to church in his day because they believed he was the anointed Jesus. We need to believe we're the anointed Jesus and bring people where we're all together, all of us operating in our gifts, and see the same thing people got when they were brought to Jesus in those days. They should see the same healings and deliverances today because we believe we are who he says we are. Behold what, church? Who's they? It's all of us that have enough faith to believe that Jesus is in our church and our faith is not dead, is active in bringing people to our church. There's such a powerful scripture in Luke 5 where it says there is a meeting one day, Jesus was in the house teaching, and the four men carrying a paralyzed man came and knocked on the door and they were packed, occupancy, maxed out. They couldn't get in. They had their paralyzed friend and they didn't go home and say, well, I guess it's the will of God that our friend doesn't get healed today because if it was the will of God, you know, doors would open. Everything would just be honky-dory. It'd just be easy. But if it's hard, it's probably not the Lord. So you might as well just accept it, friend. Stay in your paralyzed condition. No. Church, it said Jesus saw their faith. You know one of the things about their faith that he saw? Not quitting when it wasn't easy. Faith never asks, is it easy? Faith just runs the direction God's saying run. Getting what the Lord says is available. Say this, faith never asks, is it easy? Because see, if it's easy, I'll do it. If it's easy, it must be the Lord. Newsflash. There's hurdles you're going to have to jump over, obstacles you're going to have to overcome, things you're going to have to plow through at times. This, th these guys, they could have gave up, but they said, no, we're going to go on the roof. We're going to open it up. We're going to rearrange their roof. And we're going to let our guy down on some rope system in the midst of Jesus so he can be healed. And when they did, and they did that. And the previous verse says, in this meeting, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Nobody was getting healed until somebody had enough faith to bring a sick person and they all had faith that Jesus would heal them. Then the power in that meeting released. Somebody got help from it because somebody believed. And we found out that Jesus saw their faith. Said to the sick of the palsy, your sins be forgiven, you rise, take up your bed and walk. The guy was totally healed, but it said he saw their faith. Whose faith? Those that brought and the sick one that they brought. Say this, bringing is believing. If we want power to be released from our meetings, we're going to have to have enough faith to bring people believing in the body of Christ to heal those people. Wow. So, go back to 9-2. It said they brought, and if you read the rest, it said they brought to him a man lying on a bed, Jesus seeing their faith. This guy, this is the same situation, but Luke had a different account, paralyzed. And you read the next few verses, he was totally healed. Well, Jesus couldn't have healed him if they hadn't brought him in faith. Now, a lot of the people in Jesus' day, they brought people because they were excited about what they were seeing, are you following me? They were excited about what they were seeing, and they brought people. Today, blessed are those that have not seen, yet believe. We need to be believing like they were believing when they saw, 
We need to believe like that when we don't see because we believe what he said. We're the body of Christ. There's healing in the church. Isn't it interesting that Jesus or James by the Spirit of God said, is any sick among you? Where does James point sick people? They had hospitals in those days. They had physicians. They had, you know, things like that in those days. But where did he point sick people? Call for the elders of the church. See, there's healing in the church. And we need to believe there's healing in the church enough to bring sick people to be healed. Isn't that powerful? And, you know, I think it says uh, one of the scriptures in, um, I don't know if it's Malachi or Haggai, I think it's Haggai, in the message translation where God says the glory of this latter house is going to be greater than the former. And in this latter house or this latter church, it's a place where I'm going to hand out wholeness and holiness. King David said, Lord, send help to me from the sanctuary. There's help. There's power in the local church. And the more we believe it's here, the more we're going to see it's here. It's not we see Then we get stirred up. We get stirred up about what God said, and then we see. Do you believe there's healing in your church? Enough to bring people, depressed people, lost people. I'm telling you guys, the world right now is looking up, and they're looking for answers. And if we don't bring them the answer, they're going to settle for something bitter if we don't get them the sweet. Because the Bible says every bitter thing is hungry, or every bitter thing is sweet to the hungry soul. And we got to be sure we're there with the word that they really need. Now, go with me to another scripture. Turn to Isaiah 58. And as you're turning there, I want to say a couple more things about this. Now, a lot of people today are depressed and sad because they're not on the road where joy and peace is. Are you following me? Um, you, you will get on a never-ending treadmill trying to find joy in just getting what you want for your own life. The Bible talks about it's way more blessed. Life's way sweeter, way better when you're a giver than you're, when you're a receiver. Really, our needs are met when we're giving out, not when we're trying to always take in. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive. And I wanted to make this clear because there's a lot of people today that are depressed. They're they're. they're experiencing prolonged sickness and disease in their life. And the Bible has an answer for that. And it's not about praying more. It's not about quoting more scriptures. Those things are great. Better do that for sure. But what if you have already prayed? What if you have been quoting scriptures for 10 years? God says what you need now is not another prayer. Isaiah 58 says what you need now is to help other people. Like you believe your prayer was heard. And then he said, your health will spring forth speedily in the process of helping other people. Not many people's lifestyle line up with faith for victory. Not many people's lifestyles line up with believing they already got the victory. Most people are believing they're going to get. And that's not the level of faith that a lot of people are hoping to receive from. So... Isaiah 58 says, if you want your light to break forth like the morning, if you want your darkness to dissolve, if you want your health to spring forth speedily, God didn't say pray another prayer. They'd already prayed a thousand prayers. 
He said, if you want things to happen in your life quickly in this area of you seeing manifested victory, quit praying for it, believe you got it, help other people like you're free, and your health in the process will spring forth speedily. And can you think of a better way to help people than to bring them to Jesus? Man, we're all for helping the poor. We do it. We support ministries all the time. We give to the poor. We help other people a lot. But we realize that you can give somebody food and they still die and go to hell. And the, the worst thing that could happen to a person is not that he go hungry or that he even die physically. The worst thing that can happen to a person is they leave the earth without receiving Jesus as their Lord and Savior. To me, very interesting. We teach a lot about how to overcome fear, how to fear not, how to live a fear-free life. Very interesting to me that there is a scripture in the Bible where Jesus said there is something you need to be terrified of. Interesting to think that Jesus said, be afraid of something. Jesus said, be afraid. Anybody remember what he said, be afraid of? You know, we talk about, oh, there's 365 verses in the Bible that talk about fear not, don't be afraid. Yeah, and there's also one where Jesus said, you better be afraid of something. Actually, terrified. He said, don't be afraid of dying physically. You should, don't, don't make a big deal. Matter of fact, we need to have a family talk about death. I'm serious. We're, we're gonna, let's talk about death. We, we need to talk about what it really is and what it means to a Christian and how there's nothing to be afraid of for the believer. But if you're not a believer, it's terrifying. Jesus said, you be afraid of the one that can take your body and soul to hell. The worst thing on this planet is not dying physically. Actually, if you're a believer, you're going to a far better place when you leave this earth. We've said this many times, that the, uh, this earth, for the believer, is as bad as it gets. This earth, this earth, for the unbeliever, is as good as it gets. And so, leaving this earth without the Lord is the most terrifying thing that could ever happen. So our number one great commission is bringing people to Jesus. Now let's bring them food while they're coming to Jesus. Let's help them with natural needs if we can. Let's not, you know, withhold this world's goods if we're able to help other people. But if it stops there, what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Jesus expects us to answer that question. Zippo, right? Zero will it profit you if you gain everything but lose your own soul. And so in Isaiah 58... Um, you know, since I quoted a bunch of that already, let's, let's go to a different scripture before we go there. Um, turn to Acts 18. Um, so did you realize that there is a they brought ministry? Are you all alive with me today? Um, I, I believe one of the reasons the Lord's having me teach this right now, again, is because all around you right now, you may not be audibly noticing it, but there are people that are hungry, they're afraid, they don't know what you know, they're still in a hopeless situation, and we all need to ask God for a flashback on what it's like to be hopeless and without God, because they're all around us. And you talk about people being ready to come to Jesus, come to church, come to the Lord. It's ripe. The harvest is ripe. Paul said this. He said 
to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 4, he's talking to the people that he helped bring to the Lord, get saved, and grow up in the Lord. He said, you guys, you guys are my joy and my crown, my reward. Interesting that his joy was not in himself, in his things. It was in other people that he was able to help. And this is why I want to bring you back to this point here, too. If you've been struggling with any grayness or depression or sadness, one of the greatest things you can do is just believe God heard your last prayer for deliverance and get out there and start helping people against the grain because it's not going to flow. It's not going to be a flowery bed of ease. It's going to be work. But remember, faith and love doesn't ask if it's easy. It just does what it needs to do. Paul said, you're my joy and you're my crown. We've had the greatest joys in our life, bringing people to church, getting people saved, seeing them start to praise God, lifting their hands, tithing, supporting, and just getting all wrapped. There's no joy. There's no drug. There's no joy. There's nothing that can produce that in your life except bringing people to the Lord. You'll be happy in the midst of a, of a forest fire. I mean, it, it's just impossible to be sad if you're winning people to the Lord. So this is, this is not just a message about helping others out there. It's a message about helping you receive quickly the things you've been praying for for so long. All right. So we talked about, behold, they brought. And we're checking that out, right? We talked about there is a they brought ministry, and we're all in it. Right? We talked about how we're not only in the they brought ministry, but we're in the one, we're in the Jesus ministry of helping the ones get healed when we do bring them because we're the body of Christ. We talked about Jesus needs us. Did Jesus need these people bringing people to him so he could heal them? Yes, he did. And Jesus needs you. We talked about bringing is believing. It's an act of faith. We talked about what's in it for me. Well, health's bringing forth speedily. Depression dissolving. Sun rising. Noonday in your life, right? We talked about not crying in heaven when we see the city coming down, brightness of glory, presence of God, dwelling with us forever, and, and, and we're not crying, we're going, I should have told my neighbors and my family, this is so real, I cannot believe this world. What was that movie, Carla, that we watched at one time? Kind of a kid's movie where... They kind of went into this place where the smoke was in there and they kind of got drugged and they, it sucked them out of reality into this fantasy thing and they had to slap themselves and say, this is not real life. What? What? Yeah, some, 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 some kid's movie, right? It was some kid's movie. And then, and then I thought of this Star Trek movie called Generations where this thing called the Nexus was crackling in the air and it came down and if it, if it, if it hit you or hit the planet, you entered into this world where this real, real soft music is playing. Any, your most amazing dreams came to pass, your past things that you wish would have happened and, and you get sucked into that and, and they, they just started, they didn't want anything anymore but that. Reality was gone. This was their... Then they had to like slap themselves to get out of it and say, hey, this is not the way it's supposed to be, man. This is, this is amazing. This is great. But this isn't reality. Well, we need to slap ourselves and wake up and realize the number one reason we're still here and not in heaven right now is because other people need us telling them about Jesus. That is the number one reason we're still here on this planet. We're here to tell other people about the Lord. They need us. 
Jesus needs us. And sometimes we have to slap ourselves and go, wow, as, as beautiful as the lake is and as beautiful as fishing is and as beautiful as this is, fine, enjoy that here and there. But man, if, if, if we get caught too much in that, we're going to forget, you know what? I'm not going to go praise God in heaven for all the fish I caught. I'm praise God in heaven. I'm not going to go praise God, you know, for the house I built. We're going to go praise God for the people we got to influence for the Lord and bring with us. And the Bible says God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. Tears in heaven for what? I think regret. But the Lord will wipe them away. But why even have the tears in the first place? Um, I want you to do something with me right now that I sense the Lord quickened to me to do. This is a couple of days ago. I was actually working out at our house and in our little gym in our garage. And this, this thought came to me because I was listening to last Sunday's message that the Lord quickened to me and said, Son, a lot of times my word will come forth. And the enemy is messing with people's perception while they're hearing it. And they're not getting it. They're, they're, they're hearing a distorted, lot of interference between my pure word and the enemy trying to mess with them. And this, this is uh, interesting because the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, we all know it, Satan, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those that believe not, lest the light of the gospel would shine unto them and they get saved. And I looked up the word minds in the original Greek from the concordance, and it says that Satan blinds the perception. He messes with people's perception. This is why you can hear a sermon today and go, cool. Hear the same sermon four days from now and it radically changed your life. It wasn't a different word, it was a different perception. And there's times, don't think you're above this, there's times you're going to have to say, Satan, I bind you messing with my perception. Stop it in Jesus' name. This is the word of God. It's what I need. I'm stirred up about it. And then believe God that your binding and rebuking worked and move forward and listen to the things the Lord wants you to listen to and get the revelation. Um... If we act on this series, They Brought, He Healed, our church will be filled with people on a regular basis before the end of this year. Because it's about us believing. And it's about us loving. You know, really, bringing people to church is a I'm filled with love and faith issue more than anything else. And that's why we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Um, another thing, too, that the Lord revealed to me about they brought he healed is this thing called offense. Um, when we are offended at our church or our church leaders, we're not going to be one bit stirred up about bringing people to Jesus in that church. It's a, it's a trick of the enemy. But, you know, we, we've, we've seen some things in our life in the last year or two about bringing people to church. Neighbors, friends, people in the city. We witnessed a person at Penny's one time and they came to church and we're hoping they'd come back. I think she was moving, though. Um, and then this person yesterday, it's like it's our life now. It's like, if, if you want this to be fun, then dive in. <laughs> right? If, if, it's, if, it's, if it's like, my life is here. This is what I want. My career. And over here, I'll do the they brought thing. Well, it's not going to be fun. You're not going to be stirred up. It's not going to have the anointing. It's not going to have the power. You know, we need to dive into the things of God. That, that's the only way they work the best for us. As opposed to, oh, I'll add that on here and I'll add God on here. God's not an add-on. Right. Christianity works way better if you just dive in. 
See, Pastor, you think I'm going to be in a full-time ministry? You already are in the full-time ministry if you're a believer. And a large part of that ministry is having enough faith to bring people to Jesus in your church and believe that their needs are going to be met. This continued after Jesus ascended to heaven. It said the apostles, same thing, they brought from all the streets and around about, and, and they were healed when they were brought to the church. So this continues on. And so, what did I tell you to turn to? Acts chapter 18. Turn to Acts 18, and I'm going to have to close here in just a couple of minutes. We said this would be a shorter service today, so um, we're going to close in just a minute. But look at Acts 18. Thank you, Lord. Anybody interested in God's will? Knowing it and doing it. Anybody interested in God's will? Okay, so first you've got to know it before you can do it. Here's a revelation. It's God's will that His churches are full. So this is not just, oh, pastor wants the church to grow. Oh, it'd be cool if these empty chairs weren't here anymore. It's the will of God. And I found this out. If, if you want to be able to receive anything from the Lord, then want more than anything what He wants for your life. Are you kidding me? Not only does he want you to have the nicest car, he will help you get it if it's for the reason of helping his people and reaching out to the lost. Are you kidding me? The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things everybody else is going after it would actually be added unto you. It's not hard. It's it, one of the greatest things you can do to see more prosperity in your life is to want it to help you bring more people to Jesus. And he'll throw in all kinds of things just to enjoy as benefits. Isn't that amazing? And this is, can you think of anything greater on God's heart than winning the lost and bringing people to Jesus? There's nothing greater. There's all kinds of benefits to being a Christian, but there's one main reason. You and I didn't die and go to heaven already, which is far better for us. It's because to be here is more needful for other people. Help his church reach out to the lost. Help the church reach out to the lost. Greatest life there is. Greatest life there is. In Acts 18, and we'll close with this, Acts 18, and let's look at verse 9 through 11. I, I sensed this earlier as I was preparing that a lot of people are going to feel like this is not what they need but it's totally what they need. In Acts 18, and look here at verse 9 through 11. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision, and he said, Don't be afraid, which is a big problem as to why people are not doing what we're talking in this series. They're afraid, nervous, worried that they might be rejected. That's all fear. Paul said, don't be afraid, but speak. So there's got to be some speaking going on, and I can't do it all. Right? Hopefully you're taking notes today. Hopefully you're going back to the archives and listening, because what's being spoken today is supposed to get in you, so you could speak things out to people I'll never meet. Words like, you'd love the church I go to. I, mean, I find myself saying that all the time, and I don't even mean to. It's so easy to invite people to the Lord if you just step out and do it. Like we said last week, you don't, something doesn't come on you and then you do it. 
It's you do what you got to do, and the power comes on you. And so it said, the Lord spoke to him by a, a vision and said, don't be afraid, Paul, but speak and don't hold your peace. Next verse. Paul said, Jesus said, I'm with you, Paul, and no man will set on you to hurt you, for I have much people in this city. The Lord spoke that to me. He probably speaks it to all of his pastors at a certain time, but he has a lot of people in this city. And Jesus told Paul, Paul, I can't help them without you. I can't get to them without you. I'm geographically in heaven. You're my body on the earth. Paul, I need you speaking. He was in Corinth and he had some tribulations in that city. He stayed there for over a year after the Lord said this to him. Teaching. So those people that the Lord had in that city could get saved and be in the kingdom of God. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 